Live, 12-13-2023. That was Chief Crow and the Flat Earthworms Airship. And I'm going to throw the Bandcamp link into the chat. So if you want to click that link, one way to support the artist is to subscribe, share, uh, download those tracks. And I'm sending out live stream notifications right now. And I think the main subject tonight is a pretty recent development, but it's pretty obvious, I think, what they're doing. And it has to do with, I think, a facet of damage control. I mean, how often do we talk about the controlled opposition? Well, now we're able to see them operating in real time. And so let me go ahead and send out live notifications to everyone who has subscribed to the newsletter. Open phones. So if you want to call in, it's 505-349-0420. And also, a new, another development, um, I have ordered the next batch of press release, um, press passes. So if you have a press pass and you want it updated, or if you haven't received yours yet, uh, the new ones are out. And it reflects the new information, new design. We're still using the official IPR logo. But anyway, that's out. I think I should have those in about 10 days, and so if you're waiting for those, I'll be getting them out to you. And then I'm going to actually make them more readily available also just by selling them to the store directly. And I'm working on something that goes along with that, so something like a, a guide, a short ebook, but a guide to kind of standardize uh, what infinite plane radio reporters are actually about, uh, what our objectives are. Okay, let me go ahead and see here if we have any open platforms. Okay, so we're on quite a few things. We're not on YouTube yet. Let me go ahead and turn that on. Unless they unless they limited me. No. Okay, good. We're practically strike-free. We have one strike, but it's not a big deal. We managed to pull ourselves out of the muck. Okay, so we'll give people time to show up here. If you're late, get the archives, go to ips.monster or infiniteplainsociety.com, goes to the same place. But the monster domain is a way of indicating what our objective is uh, for this year. What we're actually doing here as far as the exponential growth of the wide awake post-world stage, unmassified minds congregating into a parallel media. So here's the main subject today, because I've been following this. We often talk about how there's no meaningful distinction between the entertainment and the news media. It's part of a continuum, and moreover, that all of their reportage takes place in the same fictional universe. So they all believe and treat the other's reportage as real and valid. Nobody contradicts the other person's psyop. They might have a bias, they might say somebody's exaggerating or it's being politicized, but nobody calls it fake the way we do. And those who go so far as to call some things fake assume that the fake is part of a provocation, but it's assumed that everything else is real or what follows is real. And what we're doing here is we're drawing a line here. It's not even a line in the sand. It's a crack in the earth. It's a, it's, it's a little distinction 
maybe it doesn't sound like a big deal, but I think it's important. We have to make the distinction between uh, the psychological operation as a simulation presented as real for a mind war and the military tactic of the false flag attack, which I would contend does not exist. In, in fact, I call it a false flag fallacy. It's an easy way to explain away the obvious. and It's a misunderstanding that they promulgate by design. Now, so here's what's happening. We have been talking about predictive programming, and I've noticed people like Mike Rothschild saying it's BS. So I throw down a litany, a litany of examples. Like, hey, look, the timing of this episode of Game of Thrones corresponds to Roe v. Wade. This episode of Season 4, Stranger Things, corresponds to this school shooting. Trump, obviously, this one is a big one. Waco, American Apocalypse, streams on Netflix the night before he goes out on the trail. Well, this has been dismissed by so many, those who aren't paying attention to how monolithic it all is. But then we have this new movie, this Obama production. The Obamas produced the Leave the World Behind. But Leave the World Behind not only has a lot of obvious foreshadowing of what they would like to do in the future or what they're going to simulate, but it has concurrent programming. So here on one hand, I have Mike Rothschild saying, you guys are crazy. And I'm like, well, look, the movie comes out, and then we have these big reports about cyber infrastructure being infiltrated by China. Coincidence, fine. Write that one off. Then I look on Drudge, and the headline is all of the Tesla, here we go, cars that have autopilot are being recalled. So again, Mike Rothschild is a fool. Because in the movie, the Teslas on autopilot are part of what destroys everything. They all go rogue, and they shut down the freeways. Tesla recalls nearly all vehicles sold in the U.S. to fix the system that monitors drivers using autopilot. Again, the fact that this is a headline that corresponds specifically with the movie after the day before had a headline that specifically tied to the movie is beyond coincidence. He's a coincidence theorist at this point. And it's like they have to try really hard not to see. I don't envy the individuals who are part of the alt-media infrastructure where they have to not see. Now, here's an interesting article. Julia Roberts' subtle tribute to Matthew Perry in latest film revealed as she breaks silence on X's death. We had already talked about the connections between her and Perry, you know, her birthday, his death day, and how it all had to do with this lunar eclipse. And in the movie, they have the Earth being eclipsed. There may be some connections here that tie into Donnie Darko and then he, his Batman references. And of course, this ties to the way that he supposedly died drowning in the jacuzzi. But the character in the movie, who's been compared to Donnie Darko, makes her obsession the last episode of Friends. And so here's where it gets interesting is there's a a theme in the film that has to do with a flood. So there's some connections being made here. I'm still researching and digging into it, but it's not nothing. You know, the fact that the movie has th these hints within that really tell the story on the t-shirts, in the numbers, and a lot of people are picking up on it. It's there. It's not even subtle. Every single frame is telling you something. There's a frame where Julia Roberts is standing in front of a painting that makes it look like she's at a Klan rally. Not a coincidence. 
So the idea that there's connections to stuff happening outside the movie, yeah, that's normal. That's standard operating procedure. These are not coincidences. It's just amazing. And nor is it synchronicity and random channeled ideas that scriptwriters are just happening to put in there that reflect the zeitgeist. They would like you to think that, that they're just channeling it. No. Uh, the newsbenders write the zeitgeist. That's what the Metascript actually is. It's a reflection of their big picture. And they're defining the New Age. So anyway, he said it's beautiful he could be honored in that way, the actor told E.T. Or show sort of to be honored coincidentally. So it's kind of nice that he has a little space in there. In other words, she's referencing his cameo, more or less, or their cameo, the, the friends, in the movie as a coincidental occurrence that is a way of honoring him. Coincidental. So just another example of something that might be worth looking into. Is now, I have something here someone posted from TikTok. So it's probably going to have some kind of uh, generic score to it. But Batman! <laughs> R.I.P. to Matthew Perry, but there are some things I found out and I need to show you. After not posting on social media for months, all of a sudden he posts multiple pictures in a row of the Batman Okay, he posted the Batman symbol, and it's not just the Batman symbol, it's in a jack-o'-lantern. So it's fire. It's the Bat Phoenix, which is the Corona Phoenix. If you know the symbolism, it's Christopher Nolan. For years, uses the burning bat, and then the bat is the catalyst for the COVID and the lockdowns, which is predicted in Dark Knight Rises. When, in fact, this is interesting, and we talked about this like a month ago. Easy to find. In Dark Knight Rises, when Batman says, put on the mask, and the other guy says, I don't need it, I'm not scared, and he says, it's not for you, it's to protect the ones that you love. He was quoting Fauci from 10 years in the future. Immediately after, he takes out a COVID ball looking thing, which is a smoke grenade, and he, he says, count to five and throw it. So he counts to five and throws it, and it creates a mushroom cloud. Now, this is a Christopher Nolan movie who, about ten years later, comes out with Oppenheimer, the mushroom cloud. So there's predictive programming, foreshadowing, and even a hint as to Christopher Nolan's future role in creating that particular illusion. Which makes sense. He's the contemporary, he's the replacement, he's the equivalent of Kubrick on the world stage. If anybody is, it's Christopher Nolan. Anyway, I'm bringing this up because the burning... Bat, the bat as Phoenix shows up as a like a bat-shaped hole in a building that looks like a 9-11. There's Batman connections to the Aurora, Colorado shooting. There's connections to Sandy Hook and the Boston bombing. There's links to a descendant of Crowley connected to all of it. It's all really intriguing. My point being, you can't separate the Batman-Joker thing from the PSYOPs in general. They use them. In fact, it's part of their manipulative dialectic. Batman, Black Mask, Joker, White Clown Paint. Uh, the B and the J, it's Boaz and Jacob, the M Masonic pillars. And what they're showing us are the ways that they manipulate us. Joker representing the mentally ill, poor, disenfranchised, marginalized victims and the oppressed class in a sort of a class warfare. So he's sort of a, you could say, a Marxist class warrior when he gets up and he shoots the rich guys in the subway. The subway symbolizes the lower class who are willing to rise up if they get agitated enough. 
the Joker, therefore, represents the left, um, BLM, all of the oppressed groups that are fighting the power from a leftist point of view. And the Joker, by you know, he's definitely, especially in this last movie, he's definitely the one who kicks off a revolution, and they all put on the clown masks. And this preceded 2020, when everybody put on the clown masks and burned everything down, just like the movie. So this new Batman movie comes out, and he's on the right. He represents the right side, the right wing, the fascist. So it's commie fascist in a way. Batman, privileged, rich. But what's interesting about that movie, the new one, is when it came out, for one thing, and it's another connection, Sarnoff, um, you know, Joker Sarnoff, the Boston bomber, had his death penalty reinstated on the day the new Batman came out, which was 3-4. Now, that's a coincidence worth noting. But what's more, the movie is about the Riddler, whose symbol is the question mark. Basically, Q, who sends his terrorists to bomb a dam and it floods the poles, just as the midterm slogan for the GOP was flood the poles. Just more connections between real life and the movies and how it connects with the political news, the regular news, how it's all interconnected, and how Batman and Joker represent the political extremes and have for some time and it, it we, we all pretty much know about this batman stuff i'm just bringing this up because well one i mean batman's grandfather founded the skull and bone society in there i mean not in reality but this is kind of what builds up to all of this so this is part of a set of symbols and archetypes that go really far back so for him to have the batman signal there's probably something to it now let's continue now we all know the Batman signal goes up whenever there's danger. So was he trying to signal us something? Well, maybe because he literally captioned it saying, do you know what I mean? And do you understand what I'm trying to tell you, Batman? Now he wrote a book and it was a memoir. That's a story of your life. Now, okay, he wrote this memoir. Now here's another connection, which goes back to the Joker thing. When in his memoir, the reason why I even heard about it, the reason why it went kind of viral and it got popular is there was a controversy where he jokingly said why did we have to lose Heath Ledger or River Phoenix why couldn't we have lost Keanu Reeves instead and then he apologized because it was such a morbid joke and I kind of overlooked it at first but then I'm, now that I'm looking at it I'm like wait a minute Matthew Perry made jokes about the deaths of death fakers Joker Heath Ledger um, here we go, comic, here we go, Matthew, Matthew Perry's death jokes about, there's another one too, but anyway, River Phoenix, the brother of Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker, so he references two different Jokers, so he's like, why do we still have Kiana, not these two Jokers, very interesting connection there, and I mean, it's an indirect reference to the other Joker, but there is this death faker narrative attached to River Phoenix as well. And not to mention the name Phoenix and the symbolism of the Phoenix as attached to Joker in the last movie, if you've seen it. Uh, his name, Joaquin Phoenix, on the front of the movie, he's actually walking with fire behind him, if you look at the posters, where he's like a burning man. Not coincidental. But then, of course, one more point about this, the burning bat, again, is just a restylized Phoenix. And the Phoenix is a reset symbol. Burn it down, build back better. Flood it out, 
and then build back better. The dove, who brings the olive branch, it's just another way of representing the same reset symbol. It's not a positive thing if you think about it. It's a symbol of um, the reset after a destruction of what was before. And again, that's how the bat has been represented in the latest PSYOP. So let's continue. The last chapter of the book of his life is titled Batman, and that sent chills down. Okay, so the, this is, again, Batman is chapter 11 in his book. My spine. Now the last picture we ever see of him on Instagram is him in his jacuzzi. Apparently suffered cardiac arrest and drowned in his jacuzzi. Alongside all the Batman pictures. Yeah, there's some strange stuff here. Other references that one of them here is to the, I think, is it the cranberries? Yeah. He posted a video of these three cranberries saying, this is all I ate today. I'm Matt Man. Again, this is all coincidence, but if you search up cranberries, you get the band, the cranberries. And the lead singer ended up dying from drowning while she was intoxicated. Okay, so there's a drowning connection with cranberries that's been invoked here. And someone pointed out that cranberries float, which could also be a clue about it being a hoax death. Is Batman. <laughs> R.I.P. Anyway, interesting, intriguing. Julia Roberts' subtle tribute to Matthew Perry in latest film revealed as she breaks silence on her ex's death. So she finally opened up about her ex, Matthew Perry, on his tragic passing on October 28th following their three-month-long romance when she made a cameo on Friends. Okay, let's continue here. I'm trying to figure out how she's claiming he was honored. She says, it's beautiful how he was honored in this way, or how the show coincidentally honored him at this time. He had a space in there. So it's not technically a cameo or a tribute, but she's treating it like one in a coincidental way. Now, a couple things. Um, Heath Ledger's turned 44, or would have turned 44, on 4-4, which was the 55th anniversary of MLK's assassination, the day that Trump was being arraigned. And at the courthouse where Trump was being arraigned, Joker 2 was being filmed. Kind of interesting. Now, for a reference that quote it says Matthew Perry takes aim at Keanu Reeves why is Heath Ledger dead but Reeves still walks among us he apologized to Keanu Reeves after that interesting and if you go into the Heath Ledger story um, I, I've addressed this before six months after he died he supposedly had dinner with Kobe Bryant so I'm like, wait, what? How does that make sense? And this was told by the the team's general manager. He was hanging out with The Rock. They were giving some kind of a speech. And he said that when Kobe Bryant saw Dark Knight Rising, he was so inspired that he had to meet Heath Ledger and learn how to get in that zone that he got when he was the Joker. Rob Palinka told a story about Kobe Bryant dining with Heath Ledger. So he gives this anecdote. The Rock is there. According to Holmes, actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and this was the Genius Talk series. Okay, here we go. I think he's also told the story. Okay. 
Well, anyway, this is part of their genius talks. He says, there was a time when Kobe, who I worked with for 18 years, had just seen The Dark Knight, said Palinka. You guys saw that movie, and he said, hook me up with Heath Ledger because he got locked into that role. I want to know how he mentally went there. So we had dinner with Heath Ledger and talked about how he locks in with the role, and Kobe used this in his game against the Knicks. I actually have audio. Side of just basketball. Yeah. And I remember just a really quick story. There was one time when Kobe, who I worked with for 18 years, was going back to play in Madison Square Garden. And he had just seen The Dark Knight. Obviously, you guys saw that movie. And he's like, hey, hook me up with dinner with Heath Ledger because he got so locked into that role. I want to know how he mentally went there. And so he had dinner with Heath, and he talked about how he locks in for a role, and Kobe used some of that in his game. Kobe used some of that in his games. He's talking to The Rock. Now, this says May 28, 2019. Kobe didn't die until... January of 2020. Now, how does this make sense? I have a theory. I think that Kobe wanted to talk to another death faker. How'd you make the transition from living on the world stage to faking your death? I mean, that's kind of what I would think. But anyway, the fact of it is, Kobe was talking to somebody, supposedly at dinner, who had died six months prior. Right. Against the Knicks in terms yeah. of mental preparation. And so I know for you, your craft, your art, how you've gotten to be number one. All right, fascinating story. Again, if you want to look it up, Rob Palinka and his story about Kobe Bryant dining with Heath Ledger six months after Ledger's death. All right, moving on here. If anything else comes out related to this Matthew Perry, any of the connections, I will definitely discuss them here. Still looking. Just coincidental, though, again. Coincidental. The birthday with Julia Roberts and what she said just now. Kind of interesting. Uh, here's a new development as well. This is what I really want to get into. So we've been talking about how predictive programming is a thing. And they try to deny it. They constantly try to deny it. Well, we have a new movie out called A24. It's going to be out. It's Alex Garland's Civil War. That's what it's called. Excuse me. Uh, the account A24 tweeted this. Alex Garland's Civil War in theaters April 26th. Now, let me go ahead and play this. And then I want to go through some of the reactions from people who are far-right, controlled opposition types who are now suddenly interested in predictive programming. And this would be people like Jack Posobiec, all of a sudden talking about it. And it's important that we make a distinction between the way they discuss it and the way it actually is. But here's a short preview from the upcoming movie Civil War, which seems like it perfectly follows Leave the World Behind. So that the people leaving the world behind go into their bunkers because this is what's happening. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I'm guys aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, 
the so-called Western Forces of Texas and California. The Western Forces of Texas and California. Right. And then I think the other one is the Florida Alliance. There's, there's some kind of civil war, and, and they're describing the different factions, but the idea that Texas would align with California is certainly fiction. Have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. The writers of... Okay, so the same guy wrote, 28 days later, Annihilation. Ex Machina. Okay, this is interesting. 28 days later, major zombie film. Let's go ahead and continue again. This is just the trailer for the Civil War movie coming out in April, just in time for the election. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? They're moving to D.C. today. We need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the Capitol. All right, looks interesting. I'm sure we'll hear more about it, but the purpose of me bringing this up is I've been watching the responses to this trailer from a number of people. So here's Jack Posobiec. A new Civil War movie is coming out ahead of 2024. This is predictive programming, he says in all caps. Like he would know. Because remember, January 6th was a hoax top to bottom. Nobody died, nobody cried. It was a simulated riot. It was basically a closed set after a point. This has been demonstrated. Wu's News has demonstrated frame by frame. There's no question, except for those who haven't investigated. Now, for him to suddenly call this predictive programming stands out. It really stands out as, you know, kind of conspicuous. And it's not like this is new. Like, do you remember when, when Trump was running 2020, they had the Keep America Great, and that was the tagline from The Purge? But also, the, the Purge's marketing director was hired by the Trump family to manage his campaign. So there's this... Yeah, t Trump 2020 presidential slogan, same as the horror movie, Are You Ready? Keep America Great. But this is, again, just another example of um, predictive programming. As normal, we're the ones who usually talk about it, but all of a sudden, Jack Posobiec's noticing this. So my, my thinking here is that this is an ind indication that they're trying to contain their mind war operation by co-opting any discussion of predictive programming so that we don't we don't monopolize that. They don't want predictive programming analysis to only being to only be popular among people who now fake the news. It seems like what their objective here is to make sure it's always in the hands of these misinformation provocateurs. And I see many others repeating it like a mantra. This is predictive programming. Now here's why they're wrong. What they get wrong is that it's not predicting what's going to happen. Like Obama's telling us that they're going to shut off the lights. That's not at all what we're saying. That's the misunderstanding that I think is deliberately put out there by the red pill distributors. It's all mentanol. Don't get, don't get true-feed by those contaminated red pills. They'll, they'll knock you out cognitively, and you won't be able to see the propaganda. Because what's happening is they are educating the public, conditioning the public, boring neural pathways in the minds of the public, and inserting things into the realm of possibility, into the frame of reference that don't rightfully belong there because they're fake. 
so they will accept the fake when it becomes designated real and we live we exist in the desert of the designated real so these things that they're preparing to be afraid of that they're preparing to fight over don't actually exist that's the nature of this predictive programming has never led to the real thing happening ever and this is where truthers have been stuck for such a long time many of them are like well this one's real or it's gonna be real it might be real let's let's wait and see if it is real or things are gonna go kinetic or you know they're setting this up for the big real one it's gonna come at some point in the future and I'm saying no this is never gonna be real it is always gonna be weaponized superstition what's gonna become increasingly real I think is the sense of fear and dread as people become increasingly detached from reality this is what Joseph Atwell referred to as an archaic revival he suggests that we are being put into a new dark age and I agree visual illiteracy total subjectivity contradictory belief systems mutually contradictory but they're all just intersecting we live in the reality fluid age the sea of irrelevance described in Huxley's brave new world and in the movie leave the world behind there was a sign for a family called Huxley which stood out and I, I reference this sea of irrelevance quite a lot because this is one of their main weapons this is how they keep anyone from gaining a cohesive grasp on objective reality and it's impossible for most people who are drifting along because they have the wrong frame of reference they haven't removed the screen from their eyes the the, the digital hoodwink is a clear screen I mean it's the it's the, the it's the iPhone the ubiquitous screen but what I mean is the hoodwink is what they put over your eyes to symbolize that you're in darkness and I'm suggesting that the screen that they put in front of your eyes puts you in darkness and darkness is symbolic of ignorance ignorant of what well it, it's not just that there's bias or that the news is faked it's about the extent of it how all-encompassing the fakery is how monolithic it is and it's way more significant than people who refer to this as conspiracy theory could even or will even entertain it's the Truman Show and again if you're in the Truman Show and you're going with the program you're actually a false man it, this is clown world you know you're, you're being clowned and the the hoodwink is real and now it's digital hold on my phone's ringing let me go ahead and turn on my Skype on the desktop here. So if anybody wants to call in, 505-349-0420. Main topic for now, though, um, that I've been bringing up is, is simply that predictive programming analysis rightfully belongs in auto-hoaxology. Predictive programming has nothing to do with mainstream media literalism, which is what they are. You know, you have hearsay, I talk about say, taking it literally, it's on the screen, it's real, and rushing to judgment to arrive at these erroneous conclusions. I don't rush to judgment. In fact, I have a, a wait period. I'm told there's an emergency. React. I'm like, okay, 24 hours. Let me go ahead and wait and see. So I don't judge something as fake automatically. I don't say it's all fake. I say, let me wait and see. And this is what we've observed over the years, is that we've been continually vindicated, never contradicted, and nobody has been able to undermine the premise. 
that the world stage, the world view that they give us, the internalized representation of the world, doesn't comport with the real thing in ways that are consistent monolithically. It's a worldview shaping mechanism. It is the Bible of the one world religion. Which is, which is provided, you know, a god and a devil and a heaven for even the atheists to accept. Okay, in other news, the infinite plane radio press passes have been ordered. So if you've been waiting on a new press pass or you want a new one, I'm going to be uh, sh sending those out like next week. And um, also, we're going to go ahead and start activating our IPR deep dives. A number of different areas where we are investigating and interviews that we'll be conducting and the idea here with the IPR press club is that kind of like what we did in 2020 we do our best to not only get content from the ground at every site but we'll be able to leverage the power of the group because you know this is a growing body of people with this off-world stage perspective that we will be able to make stuff happen as far as enabling reporters with the right equipment, lighting, sound, whatever it takes to make stuff happen. And we're going to be going and generating a lot of original content. I'm in no way interested in regurgitating mainstream with a different spin. Alternative media is actually mainstream media. It's another denomination. The off-world stage perspective is completely separate, although what I would say is it's parallel. But we're going to be generating our own original content that is aimed at elucidating the world stage as such. More to come on that as things unfold. Also, the textbooks, Autohooksology 101, with the new covers and everything, are already in route. Tons of uh, books coming in. So those are, all, those are all going to be out. You know what? I, could, I mean, there's a good chance that they'll be dropped off in the mailbox by the end of next week. And then I'll have them available on the store, and I'll make them a little more widely available. But I wanted to first get them to the people within. And then one other thing is the IPS Insider, the paper, is prepared to go into production. And we do have enough in the war chest to cover the freemium edition publication for at least the first three issues before it has to turn a profit. If then, like it may just work out, I have a, a suspicion that the way the product is presented, this tabloid, this print paper, it'll create a lot of subscribers. It'll have a high turnover rate from the free version into the full version, not to mention the other ways that it integrates with our entire operation. Skyfish says, was predictive programming, nothing happened? Yeah, look, the, the predictive programming thing, I'm starting to suspect here anyway, that it's being highlighted because they want to discredit this as a way of analyzing media, but it's too late. You know, it's too late. They're, they're in the camp of reality denialism when they're saying, oh no, there's no connection between what's happening in the news and what's happening in Netflix. I'm like, wait a minute here. There's plenty to suggest that they are fully aware of what the news is going to be years in advance. Sometimes with specificity. We see it in the timing of movie releases. We see it, you know, Trump's presidential campaign. And, and some of this stuff is, it's, it's not, it's almost like kind of occult, you know, the occult stuff is, is what a lot of people are, are noticing now. Like Trump's last day in office, then go 
Ford 666 days. He's in Mar-a-Lago, announcing he's going to run again. We find all these fascinating connections, but all of it is suggestive of long-term control, long-term planning. It's as simple as that. No magic. I mean, what I mean by no magic is there's no uh, technology, no AI, no divine fallacy needed here. We just need to realize that we're dealing with a bunch of people obsessed with astrology. What do you want to call them? Pingu33 says, Majority for impeachment case against President Joe Biden. Political theater. You know, Hunter Biden came out and he gave a speech today. He just went out and he said his piece. He explained that he's a victim of an unsmear, uh, unfair, unfair um, smear effort by the right wing. He called them the MAGA Republicans. But he was just kind of describing how he's innocent. I don't know if you know this. Hunter Biden's innocent. But he's been maligned and misrepresented. But it's interesting to watch this whole thing unfold. Because if you look at what happened with him, his laptop was released. And it is full of like 4,000 pictures of him. Nude pictures. Um, basically enough for an OnlyFans account. Like It's just like very x-rated stuff i wouldn't watch it i wouldn't go through it but a lot of people did in fact this group actually published it as a book but if you recall in 2020 just before the election when the laptop originally leaked alex jones specifically said there were videos on there of hunter biden uh, raping and murdering and killing uh, chinese kids and he had this chinese dissident and it was all being translated, saying, yeah, I've seen the laptop, and seasoned homicide investigators vomit when they see it. It's so terrible. So it was kind of like Pizzagate-type stuff, or Frazzle Drip, you know, stories of Hillary Clinton wearing the faces of dead kids. So when it first came out, it was like, oh, Hunter Biden is compromising his father because he's a serial killer. He's a cannibal. He's an adrenochrome junkie. He's murdering kids on video. It was pretty severe, but... At no point did we see it. All we saw were tons of people in the chat saying, I know somebody who saw it, and they'd never been the same. There are still people who lie, and they say, I saw Frazzle Drip, and I had nightmares for months. People lie. Truthers are liars. How else can you explain it? But the fact of it is, when you actually look at it objectively, there's nothing in that laptop that constitutes criminality. I mean... There's a maybe he's immoral, maybe he's spending a lot of money on drugs and and prostitutes, but he's certainly not killing anybody. All right, let's continue here. Says uh, my third eye says somebody post a newsbenders link. Definitely watch newsbenders, and at the end of that, they do kind of insinuate it's an AI writing everything. Again, I don't think you have to insert that. Could be the demo urge. Now, if there is some AI god that does manifest and it seems real, it's most likely the devil. Okay, check this out. This this was being sent around Twitter yesterday. It says, Flat Earthers ask, why isn't there a video of the Earth rotating in space? Well, there is. Taken by NASA's Messenger spacecraft as it whips by the Earth, capturing this view. Do you think it's CGI? Prove it. 
and it looks like a computer animation. I don't have to prove it. He has to prove it's not. It's, it's obviously an animation. It's terrible, in fact. It's so fake. But if you look at it, the right side of the Earth, you know, night, is just completely dark. It's pitch black. The problem with that is, when you look at the Earth from the space station, it's lit. It's glowing. You can see every city. Look how lit the Earth is. It's like a Christmas tree. It's, it's lit. But from a distance, it's dark. So my question here is, is simply, why is half of it dark? Can you explain that discrepancy? And I'm waiting for one of them to come along and school me on it and talk about exposure and the specific focal length of the camera and how I'm a flat earther or some silly non-explanation because I want to know how far away do you get from the earth where you can't see the lights anymore? Like why is it that the light doesn't travel that far? There's got to be an explanation and I don't buy their explanations because I've seen not only photography and time-lapse but also video like with Starman same thing how come we don't see the lights from a distance? I think that the magic trick is given away more often than, than not by what they don't show instead of what they do show. Just like any magic trick, it's always only effective on those who are standing where the magician wants them to stand and looking where he wants them to look. I, I liken the world stage operations to a magic show. And if you're sitting in your seats, then you have the right frame of reference relative to the stage, and you will be fooled. The optical illusions, the sleight of hand, it will trick you. That's the nature of magic tricks. They, they bypass your ability to discern the illusion because of the way that they frame everything. It's all about the frame, the magician's frame of reference. Now, if you get up out of your chair and you wander around, you'll figure out how the trick is actually done. And once you figure out how the trick is done, you can go back and sit in your seat. It's never going to work on you again. And that's where we are. We are in this magic show, and all the blue pillars are in their seat, captivated. We have taken a broader look at things and realized, you know, this is a magic show. It's quite literally that. It's, a, it's all stage magic. It's all based on your perspective. Now, the, the red pillars are asking questions, but they're assuming or adding more onto it. They're not actually getting up out of their seats. They're not looking backstage. We're taking a backstage perspective. Burning Bright tweeted this, Over the past week, we've had a massive influx in blackout comms and programming. Many in the truth community have picked up on it. The Obamas released a drama, Leave the World Behind, which is predicated on a mass cyber attack that sends humanity back to the Dark Ages. The UK is warning of a potentially imminent cyber attack that could cripple communications infrastructure. Germany is warning that should the situation in Ukraine continue to deteriorate, emergency measures may be implemented, which seems like coding or inside baseball. Then you have a solar flare. This jargon is bubbling back to the surface. The administrative state within the US is releasing reports and warnings about US power infrastructure. I've seen a few things. Again, Fox is reporting on this. Now, anyway, my point of it is, 
a lot of people are connecting this to this movie, Civil War. Nothing to see here, move along, says Crypto Punk. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking at this as an indication of what's to come, a prophecy. Which, again, it's smart. You know, it, it's not 100%, though, what I'm aiming at here. We're not looking at this, again, we're not looking at this as them telling us what they're going to do. They're telling us what they're going to fake. My third eye says that you can tell it's real because it looks so fake. Yep, that's actually how it works. It has to do with cognitive dissonance. That rather than confront the pain of accepting such a huge lie, they just don't see the lie. In fact, cognitive dissonance, according to Scientific American, is actually good for your health. They actually say it's good for your health. I saw this on... Uh, uh, Scientific American basically said it's a protective mechanism, and it may actually be healthy. Here we go. Scientific American article called Cognitive Dissonance. Now, in this article, they're explaining how there's a bright side to it, that there's a benefit to it, which I think sounds like the opposite of where you should be going with something like this. If you're experiencing disharmony mentally, I don't think you need to accept your mental immune system, uh, which basically helps you cope, where you don't treat the actual cause and just cover up the symptom. Okay, let's continue. We're analyzing the reaction to obvious predictive programming. State Secession says, and this is referring to this movie Civil War, the movie predicts the East Coast and the Midwest states would remain loyal to the federal government and fight to keep four separate new countries in the Union, Texas, California, the Florida Alliance, and the Western Forces. Okay, this is interesting because in Leave the World Behind, they kept showing an image of America, a map of America, but quartered, split in four, an X through the middle. It says they could make free passage agreements with Federation of Red States, so the Red States would not be allowed to interfere with the transportation of people and goods from one blue state to the other. So they're talking secession here on X. Fascinating. They shoot journalists on site. This is a caption from the trailer. You can see the One World Trade Tower back there. Anyone know how tall the One World Trade Tower is? Now this is kind of connected to what we were talking about this morning. I was talking about how the Tower of Babel's construction begins, according to Masonic lore, 1776 Anu Lucius. America's construction... 1776 A.D. So America begins as the Tower of Babel begins with the 1776. And on the dollar bill you have the pyramid which says 1776 on the bottom and the Great Pyramid is 5,776 inches tall. Well, interestingly enough, 1776 A.D. is 5776 A.L. It's just a direct connection between America as Babylon, 
the Tower of Babel is on your dollar bill, that I is Nimrod. Now, the One World Trade Tower that was opened on 11-3-2014, 13 years after the twins went down, is 1,776 feet high. 1776. Yep, that's exactly right. There's some other fascinating dates around these. I think the, the World Trade Center opened on 4473. 4-4. Interesting date. Again, MLK's assassination date. Um, Into the Beyond says he lost his wrench. You know, since 2017, we've had 160 channels. So if you have a wrench, it's because you're on one of the recent ones. And if you're on a sock account, I can't access it. If you're on the main account, I go through, I comb through the comments, and if you comment, you will be given a wrench. The wrench, of course, is a symbol of order, an armed society being a, you know, a polite society. We've always used these to keep the unruly trolls in line and to maintain a certain level of decorum. All right, let's move on. Solar flare jargon. Fascinating. So many people suddenly hip to predictive programming. Here's an ad for something I saw on Twitter. It's called the Merge Cube. The Merge Cube is, like it sounds, it's a cube. It's a foam cube. But it lets you hold digital 3D objects in your hand so you can interact with them. It has a lot of interesting possibilities, like for example, you could hold a 3D lump of clay, and it's you know a digital lump of clay that you're looking at through your phone or through your camera, and you're holding this sponge, and you're able to more easily manipulate the 3D object by using the cube sponge thing, the merge cube, as a sort of a, a physical representation of what's only there in the augmented reality. But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, this is exactly what the astronauts are probably passing around whenever you see them holding a mic and it goes through their hands or they pass somebody a hat. Then when they're throwing objects around, they probably have some kind of a foam object like this merge cube. Let me play this ad. This is from a seller on Amazon, but I saw the ad and I realized, you know, this is basically the technology you need to fake space. This is a merge cube. It's a simple yet magical foam cube that when you put it in front of a device with a camera, it instantly changes into a 3D digital object. Now you can interact with the digital world in a brand new way. That's why it will make the perfect Christmas gift this year. Because it can turn into an infinite number of things. That's probably why all of these people use... Yep, this is exactly how, this is exactly how they do it. This is what explains the NASA microphones that go through necks, that go through hands. They're holding some kind of an object that the computer needs to register. This is where the physical object needs to be, and they're really bad at it. You know, it's like one of those children's shows, like what's that one, Blue's Clues, where they're interacting with cartoon objects they can't really see. That's kind of how watching these NASA videos are. Yeah, and of course, it's a black cube, and it says merge, which is kind of interesting in the broader context here, where the black cube is a symbol of the material realm, and we are merging with the monolith, that 
David Bowman's journey, the space odyssey, is ultimately, ultimately about our journey into the space age, which is inner space being controlled as we're being directed into this simulated, augmented reality. And we are merging with the cube, with the monolith. So the name of it, yeah, very interesting. But this is NASA technology. This is what's important here. This is why I don't debate people on this topic. Most of the people who are diehard believers in this uh, space program, they think of it in terms of science and math and technology, but they don't include in their assessment the involvement of movie magic. If you're not including movie magic in your assessment, then you're never going to arrive at the right conclusion because you're in a closed system and you cannot see the closed system from within. What we have, what we offer here, what skepticism and what breaking free from the 24-hour news cycle, what that represents is a step outside of the closed system and recognizing the world stage as such. We have the only real overview effect. 777 is evil tweeted to me about 15 minutes ago. I'll give him a retweet. If you want to follow me, it's IPS Insider. He says, we are in the end times and 777 is the Antichrist. Trump and his pals will trick us into trusting them by exposing and defeating the 666 Illuminati Deep State Fall Guys. But the Triple Sevens will look like heroes, but they're devils in disguise. Interesting. He has some graphics. Okay, there's a lot here. This, this would take us a minute to parse through all of it, but... Maga means witch in Latin, sorceress in Italian, magician in Spanish, lies in Zulu, evil, wicked, calamity, disaster in Japanese, easily fooled, idiot, in Nigerian slang. Maga is the root word for witch, wizard, and witchcraft in Greek. Magsman means swindler. Now, I can add a couple things to that. If we take the word Maga to mean sorceress, or witch, as it's said here. And if you go to Revelation, the whore of Babylon has this description. Upon her forehead was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, Mother of Harlots. It's like, wait, written on her forehead was a name that had a secret meaning, Great Babylon, Mother of All Prostitutes and Perverts. And then... So we're, we're talking about this biblical image, this, this goddess or this, um, this sorceress who is um, providing some kind of mass deception, but she's dressed in scarlet. So the scarlet hat on the forehead that says MAGA basically says what? Make America great again. Now if we go back to what I was saying about America as Babylon, we could actually change MAGA to make Babylon great again. Why would you have to make it great again? Because it's fallen. So when she's saying that Babylon has fallen, it's like saying America has fallen. There's some kind of horror of Babylon connection, again, to the MAGA on the forehead with that color. And, of course, I think you could even tie in Operation Warp Speed, possibly, into it.
talking about the sort the the pharmaceuticals, her sorceries. Let's continue. There's more on this. This is all really interesting. Seven seven seven. Donald Trump was seventy years old, seven months and seven days. His first day in office. Oh, by the way, this month is the six hundred and sixty-six month since RFK was shot by Saran Saran, a Palestinian. Shot him with the twenty-two. Thirty-three years later, Richard Drew, who photographed Robert F. Kennedy as he fell to his death, happened to be in New York at Ground Zero. And he's the one who photographed the falling man. Yeah, so Trump was in his 777th month when he first went on TV to question Obama's birth certificate. Okay. Netanyahu was in power seven years, seven months, and seven days when Trump got elected. MAGA is the highest rank in the Church of Satan. No, it's the Temple of Set which is an offshoot. The Temple of Set went Egyptian, and they went anthropomorphized literal devil, whereas the Church of Satan stayed more atheistic, objectivist, and they stuck with the Judeo-Christian concept of Satan. A little doctrinal difference between you know, strains of devil worship, but what, what difference does it make? Maga, you know, your fifth-level Satanist. Uh, Trump, Pence, Trumpets. Now here's some numerology or some connections for the number 666. We have six protons, six neutrons, six electrons, and carbon atoms. Bible says 666 is the number of man. Right, there's that. Which makes sense. And you can correlate all of this to Saturn, the cube, the material realm. Fascinating. Now, there's something right now going on with the Temple of Satan, which isn't connected to the Church of Satan nor the Temple of Set. The Temple of Satan isn't actually a group of devil worshippers. It's a political group. They're basically just uh, liberals, but instead of the usual type of, you know, blue hair, pink hair, any of that stuff, they're all goth. It's like gothic liberals, but that's pretty much what they are. A disgusting satanic display at state capitol in Iowa sparks free speech battle. Satanic temple sets up public displays in the Iowa building. Now, here's my issue with this story. Um, my issue is this. All of a sudden, the right wing is anti-free speech. They were free speech absolutists. They're like, anybody should own guns. Anybody should have free speech. And they were the ones being targeted with all kinds of scapegoating from the media. Oh, the shooters were radicalized on Discord. Your gun culture is causing this. And it's been ignored. But then you have the Nashville shooting done by a leftist. Now all of a sudden, you have people like Jack Posobiec saying, the leftists are being radicalized with trans ideology on Reddit and they're becoming shooters. Something must be done. Oh, they're putting satanic temples up in the Capitol. Something must be done. And I looked at this supposedly... Um, dark evil sculpture and this is like Halloween Superstore type stuff this is I mean it's out of season is all I can say it's not any more or less shocking than what you see on Halloween so they put a a fertility symbol and that's what it is what do you think the, the goat the ram the horns what, what does it really represent 
it's the life force. It's the generative forces of nature represented as an earth deity. Which, interestingly, on the cover of Leave the World Behind, you have the name Baal, B-A-A-L, which means Lord, but it's Lord of this world. And it has a, like a, a deer on the front, and the, the antlers are just really prominent. Like Sir Nunos, the, the, the god of the witches. Who they're probably worshipping at CERN when they dress up in their devil costumes and prance in front of the portal. Cartoon Head says, Ellen Dershowitz mentioned Flat Earth Inside Joke about dews made the earth flat on Piers Morgan last night. You should find the clip. Okay, cool. Ellen Dershowitz on Piers Morgan making jokes about the flat earth. Now, the flat earth question is actually profound. Anybody who thinks that it's the result of somebody being terrible at math or and science or somebody just intransigently clinging to their Bibles, they're missing the point. They're clinging to a straw man that's... It's like, fine, burn a straw man down. Makes you feel big. McToon, fight the flat earth. But when it comes down to it, it's a much bigger, all-encompassing question. And you cannot have an intellectually honest debate about the shape of the world if you don't account for the way that we arrive at our world view, which is the fundamental question here. So it's not about world shape. It's about world view. Okay, I found the clip here. Here we have Piers Morgan and Dershowitz. What I'll do is I'll watch this tonight and I'll take out some clips. Skyfish says, Fake nukes Phil speculates that there were dummy catapults slinging mannequins from the tray towers. Oh, those were pneumatic, uh, pneumatic cannons. Just like they do with the... With the circuses. Yeah, that was a pneumatic cannon. That They were using the types of, like, you know, firemen train with these dummies. They run up and down the stairs. That's all it was. A bunch of dummies. I don't cry for dummies. I don't cry for literal bouncing babies, you know, rubber surgical training dolls. I don't fall for this stuff. It's just amazing that people have been tricked for so long and finally we have some actionable evidence we have some insights to how things actually work and now that we're building a cohesive body of off-world stage auto hoaxers who have a real critical view of mass media all of a sudden the big names in alt media are talking about predictive programming it's actually a good sign it means they're reacting it means they're responding that they because you could look at them as the immune system of the beast matrix you know the blue pillars are not a threat they're not going to change the paradigm they're, they don't have any paradigm shocks in them they're just going with the flow dreaming but the other ones the red pillars they could potentially cause some kind of a a, a, a real rapture of a sort they could destroy the integrity of the monolithic media and its stranglehold over the massified mind. It's never been done before, as far as I know. I don't think. I don't think it's even conceivable. You know, outside of... Um, it wouldn't have been conceivable without the internet. But now that we have the internet, they have just thrown in so much mal disinformation that the truth is lost. It's drowning by design. Age of Aquarius. It's the flood.
all the information is there, but it's no longer coherent or cohesive. But I, I'm kind of thinking here, though, that there is a potential for a true people's media. I'm not talking alt media. I'm not talking independent media attempting to regurgitate what the mainstream is doing. But I mean what we're talking about. Uh, media that is act not even media, but rather a group of informed, truly media-savvy analysts who are looking at it as propaganda primarily, which makes sense to me. I mean, this type of skepticism could be disruptive. So how are they going to stop a disruptive tidal wave of skepticism, which would do billions of dollars to their infrastructure, all the damage control? Well, they get their biggest names to start throwing around terms like predictive programming to drown it out, and now they make it an easily discredited talking point. Those on the left will say, yep, those right-wingers are just talking about predictive programming and it's BS, which is what Mike Rothschild said. Reality denier, Mike Rothschild. All right, let me play this clip. I, I alluded to this earlier about how the Earth as seen from space is very dark, except from the ISS where it's lit, and that's a contradiction that bothers me. But let me show you the video that's purported to be real. And he says, if you think it's CGI, prove it. So if you're looking at the screen, now what, what's interesting about this clip is, it's one, it's, it's not even all that remarkable. It's purported to be from the messenger. It's too perfect to be real. But I'm looking at the comments, and I think that somebody here actually found that it was fake. Others are saying, why are there aren't any lights on the dark side? But there was a guy here who says, it looks fake to me, and I'm 0% flat earther, but it's fake AF. So what does that mean when somebody who's 0% flat earther calls it fake? Okay, let's see here. These are CGI, this person says. We're trying to find out. Trying to find out if this one's real. This is smart. This person says, if you think it's real, you prove it. That's the whole point. Throw the ball back in their court. It's their burden of proof, not yours. This person says, I thought the light came from the sun, not from a bulb. Yep, the hot spot, that's definitely a CGI. That's definitely computer generated. So what you're looking at here, and the visually illiterate will not understand this, you're not looking through a camera at a distant object. You're looking into a simulated 3D environment from a camera view, what they call a camera view, but there's no actual camera. Here's a quote from Benjamin Franklin, who was part of the Hellfire Club, so a performer of what, black masses and devil worship, and I think they even, didn't they find a bunch of bones beneath Ben Franklin's house? But the Hellfire Club, which interestingly enough was a big part of Stranger Things and ties into a lot of the mass shootings of the last year, which we can get into really quick, but he said, we are all born ignorant, but one must work hard to remain stupid. And this is kind of an interesting statement considering how true it is that you are actually required more or less to be 
comfortable with a level of cognitive dissonance to no longer rely on yourself as your own blue check. You're no longer the arbiter of what you believe to be real. You have to get it all secondhand. It, that's, by definition, a state of being stupefied. I'm not saying people are stupid. I, I think that people are generally not. I think people are uh, smart, but I think that we are in a doomsday cult, and that's not hyperbole. This is mind control at its most sophisticated. And it's entertaining to watch the people who have this knee-jerk response to anybody challenging the mainstream view as it being, quote, a conspiracy, when the mainstream views are conspiracies. you got conspiracy and all conspiracy but it's entertaining to watch them try to play it down. They have to dumb themselves down. I will not recognize a pattern. I am not going to connect these dots. And they are bitter clingers to their blue pills. They will... They, they are going through a lot of effort, like mental somersaults, to not see. Rather, to perceive, or rather to see and not, to see it, to take it in visually, but not to actually understand it. Cartoon said, a timestamp 310 on the Ellen Dershowitz on Piers Morgan. Okay, great. I will take a look. Okay, we covered some of the Matthew Perry stuff. More of that to come, I'm sure. And then the, I would call this concurrent programming. The Tesla recall in the wake of the movie being released wouldn't be predictive programming because it happened after the fact. So you'd call it a coincidence. Or concurrent programming, meaning this story was going to be released and it was going to be timed to help emphasize the messaging in the movie which is the whole point. I mean, this, these things are so well-layered. The fact that the white lion hits the, the beach when the movie starts, you know, you got this, the white lion as an oil tanker. It just contains everything in it. You're like, well, oil, climate change, Titanic, the West, unsustainable, eventually going to impact reality. And then you have white lion, which goes back to America's original sin of slavery and the movie's basis of this split, this schism being played upon by those who create the collapse, cause the collapse to happen, who who create the conditions and instigate a collapse. But anyway, the movie is showing you on multiple levels that, yeah, you cannot separate the climate justice from social justice. They've merged these things and it's on the left and the movie made it very clear, if you've seen it, that Musk, you know, that was a stab at Musk. His car is piling up because he is a, well, he's one of the richest men in the world. So he's the fall guy, I think, for free speech, for unfettered wealth. I mean, we're talking about Musk setting a bad example for what happens if you let one person acquire too much power and money. Because he's not regulatable. On a whim, he can destroy the public commons, being X, open it up to hate speech, which creates hate bubbles that cause shooters to go up and shoot up bowling alleys. All problem, reaction, solution. And where is this going? I think it, I'm pretty sure that the next step for this entire operation, it goes into some kind of blackout 
event that temporarily shuts things down to be followed by the online equivalent of a lockdown, the online equivalent of a pandemic, the digital pandemic, which is what they're calling it. Shadow of Urza talked about this earlier. Cyber Polygon is scheduled to occur before 2025 and leave the world behind is preparing us for it. Sort of like uh, before COVID-19, you had a pandemic movie called Pandemic. And these are there to educate you about the next PSYOP so you respond appropriately. Speaking of Flat Earth, I have an article here. J.R.R. Tolkien's world was, yeah, pancake-esque. Surrounded by a sea. Uh, C.S. Lewis, author of Narnia, countered the myth that medieval people thought the world was flat. However, he opted for an unspherical world. Narnia was flat, as was Tolkien's Middle Earth in its earliest incarnations. Interesting article. I may go through it later. I just get these notifications for anything related to this topic. This is by The Big Think. But one thing about it is there's misrepresentations about the topic that there were people who were anti-science who clung to the flat earth and they were defeated by the ones who went with the science. And that never actually happened. That is a total misrepresentation. It's like, why do they have to constantly misrepresent something if it's so obviously not true? Why the defensiveness? All right, here's the image. If you haven't seen it, this is Julia Roberts at a Klan rally. Again, just another still shot out of the movie. Every scene, every frame is part of the bigger propaganda message. And she is definitely your stereotypical harpy, Karen, privileged, racist woman. And here she is posing in front of a painting that changes throughout the movie. But in this scene, it literally looks like she's at a Klan rally with the white hood above her head. Not even subtle. Chinese military is ramping up its ability to disrupt key American infrastructure, including power and water. Hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army have burrowed into the computer systems of two dozen critical entities over the past year. Again, someone explained to me how this isn't predictive programming. How this isn't concurrent programming. It certainly is. So what what is what is the reason for this? Is it A? This is predictive programming as usual and people are just noticing because it's Obama or B are they deliberately baiting truthers so they can work on discrediting predictive programming analysis as a thing because the very existence of it suggests one of two things one incredible coincidences or two some type of collusion between media and entertainment to make people more receptive to mass media news agendas what's more likely take out your Occam's razor uh, apparently Mike Rothschild doesn't have one but take out your Occam's razor and ask yourself, what's more likely? And I can list a thousand of these coincidences. 
what's more likely that our worldview is totally scripted our news is bent our reality is bent and there's no meaningful distinction between entertainment and news and the, the politics that in other words that all media entertainment and otherwise is used as an instrument of governance it's either that or we're just keeping up with an inordinate number of coincidences and if that's the case and coincidences are this common then it gets into another area I mean really I refuse to go along with the reality denialist and just say there's nothing there because what they're missing again they're they're missing the world stage as a model itself it's this mirror this this it's not it's a window thing they they const this is again this is what we're conditioned the assumption is that the screen is a window to the world and it's informing you but like I said the screen is like an oculus it may be clear you can see through it but they're augmenting your reality and if you don't go test these things you might think that these things are real Elephant Tusk says Tim it's not predictive programming they need our collective minds to manifest this into existence yeah I've I have an answer to that for anyone who still thinks that we are manifesting it like real time and that that's why they need our attention well there's some truth to that there's a reason why they need our attention there is some kind of I believe some kind of exchange energetic some kind of harvesting of your attention for something but I don't think mass belief manifests otherwise moon landings would be real billions of people think we landed on the moon but it's still fake so I don't think it's that simple reality isn't that fluid it's objective the part that's fluid though is your internal representation of the world and that's what they're fighting over that's what they're fighting for that's what your that's what the space wars is ultimately about that's what cyber wars are about it's about control of the space between your ears more stuff with Donald Trump and numbers quite a lot from 777 is evil I'm gonna retweet this one so if you want to follow up on this 777 days after Trump's birth Israel was 77 days old all very interesting you know what another one is is the 58 the number 58 and Donald Trump are intimately connected not just Trump like 58 stories in his tower the age when he gets married there's all kinds of things with Trump but the very first appearance in predictive programming with Trump would be Trackdown, set in, and that was released in 1958. 58 years later, he's the 50, 58th inauguration. It's pretty deep. And then Biff Tannen, Donald Trump is Biff Tannen, and throughout the Back to the Future series, which has tons of 9-11 references, they're constantly going back to 1985 or 58. My third eye says Ian Fleming, who you know, 007, yeah, Ian Fleming. Once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, three times is enemy action. Agreed. How many coincidences before it's not a coincidence? 
But you know, there, there's a difference again between seeing and perceiving, hearing and listening. And I think the objective here is to get people into the state of no longer directly perceiving, but getting their info through blue checks, the filters. And to get back to the original topic here about how they're attempting to co-opt discussion about predictive programming, the far-right influencers with millions of followers are part of the containment operation. They don't want you to run with the predictive programming football past them. They're there to stop you. They're like goalies. Don't let them take this and follow it through to its logical conclusion because they might see the monolith. You're not supposed to see that there's one single entity. You're supposed to think that it's scattered, that it's decentralized, that there are independent... Look, there's no independent media if they're not skeptical media because otherwise they're operating within a closed system framework that isn't actually where free flow of information occurs and where everything is distorted through their filter. It, it's sort of like you could be the most honest person in the world and you get hired by Fox News, start reading a teleprompter, at what point are you a liar? Well, the instant you start reading what's on the teleprompter, because it's not just that story, because the story could be about how the sky is blue, but it's about the frame of reference and everything that comes out of that network is based upon moon landings being real, the news happening as reported, uh, the dead babies are all real, the worldview as presented by the mainstream, the lies agreed upon, is what they're standing upon. History is lies agreed upon. Media is lies agreed upon. Flat Earth Outlaw says 33 coincidences and then it's real. Hmm. Well, as long as it looks fake, if it looks so fake, then it must be real. Isn't that what the Mad Hatter said? Look, there was this rumor, like, Elon Musk was totally like this Mad Hatter at that moment. He looked like he was on acid. But in Alice in Wonderland, everything is inverted. And there is a tie-in here, by the way. You know, the first person to really conceive of space travel would have been Lewis Carroll. And... It had to do with the idea of falling through the earth. Like, let's say you dug a hole through the earth and you fell through it. He talked about this, and the idea was that if you were to have the antipodes opposite sides of the ball and you were to drill a hole, it would be, and then you were, you were to seal it, so it's like vacuum. You'd have no friction. So you had frictionless travel, and you could fall through the world. And there is this discussion over about you know, how long would it take you to fall all the way through it. And this is part of the story where Alice falls into a zero-G hole, you know, kind of falls down and alights gently on the ground. But this idea of falling through the earth was one of his concepts. And I think they said, here we go, was Douglas Adams influenced by Lewis Carroll with his use of the number 42? Because they had calculated that it would take 42 minutes to fall through the Earth. They may have adjusted it more recently, but 42 minutes to fall through the Earth, I guess you would be accelerating 
and then you would, des I'm not sure at what point you would turn upside down. Solving the problem numerically, Klotz found that an object should fall to the earth in, this guy said 38 minutes 11 seconds, but the total time for this trip would be 42 minutes based on Scientific American's breakdown, but it's probably simplified. Here we go. The gravitational for force exerted on the traveler would be proportional to his distance from the center. The total time required for the trip would be 42 minutes, and the speed at the center would be 7,900 meters a second. If there were no friction, there would be no energy loss, so the traveler could oscillate into and out of the tunnel. But the tunnel that reaches from one point to another on the Earth's surface but does not pass through the center of the planet would still be around 42 minutes. The reason is, although the tunnel is shorter, the gravitational forces would be decreased as compared to those of a tunnel that goes straight through the center. Flat Earth Outlaw says, this is Harmon. This is my channel I've had for four years but never used. I sent $20 PayPal. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, we are in a really good place. Far better than we were definitely last year where I was attempting to launch a lot of these things, trying to figure out where we're going to do these symposiums, where, how, all these questions, but the paper was also in the works. So the tabloid that we're going into print with now has been a project that's been sort of on the back burner, but this time around, 2024, all these different plans Anything that's been stalled is being implemented, and uh, I definitely appreciate that because I've been putting a lot of time and energy into the lawfare, which kind of took me off this for a little while. But now we're back on IPS morning D program, infinite plane radio, open phones in the evening, and things are going to get more interesting, especially as news gets out about my $5 million lawsuit for infringement, stalking, harassment, and hacking versus Google and YouTube, well Google doing business as YouTube, for their role in identity theft and all these other cyber crimes. So things are going to get very, very interesting. So I appreciate everyone's comments and participation and research. You know, our research is truly cutting edge. We tend to lead the way. In fact, when we do our movie reviews, um, I think we tend to dig up stuff like within hours. And it's nice to see that now there are many other people jumping in, but we've always been, like I said, cutting fringe, is, is what I would say. Now, if you search Leave the World Behind and 1619, I'm starting to see more and more people are picking up on this subtext where it's leading to this 1619 versus 1776. That's kind of where it's getting. That's the general narrative, and I picked up on this a few years ago when I was looking at this Colin Kaepernick character and some of his projects. But anyway, everything seems to be getting more interesting, and the level of selective skepticism is somewhat heartening, even if they don't fully understand how fake it all is. It, like I said before, it's a paradigm shock. Oh, really says, oh, it's, oh, really, you don't say, says the X symbolism is getting so prevalent, interesting to think that a mirrored pyramid makes an X.
Right. X is huge. X is um, within the Thelemic cult. I've been looking at this. You know, it's the cross letter. X is the 24th letter. You get 2 and 4 combined. It gives you the symbol of Saturn. The cube is the folded up cross. Cross being a major solar symbol because the year, of course, divided into 4. There's quite a lot inherent in it. And when Musk put the glowing cross on the headquarters of Twitter and he said, blaze your glory, this was during the dog days of summer, the blazing star. Now, he puts it up there and it blazes for the night and they told him to turn it off. But this was a direct reference to his role as Constantine who saw a glowing cross and he said, under this sign I shall conquer. And it was the sign to unify the empire. And he said, X will be the everything app. So you can kind of see where it's building. And then there's one other point to the X, and, and it has to do with the fact that it replaced the bird. And I was thinking about the, just the symbolism of the two, and this cannot be insignificant when you consider that Elon Musk is the Pope of Mars. He's part of the space papacy. It's not a coincidence that... Werner von Braun wrote a book, Mars, A Technical Tale, about a guy named Elon who establishes a dictatorship on Mars, but they build it, they set it up based on the structure of Rome. So he is Pope Elon. But what's more, the cross symbol that he's brought to the table has replaced the bird. And if you look, the symbol of the dove uh, with Christianity goes way back. And so if you look up the, the dove and the cross, you'll find these are often put together. And I don't think this is a coincidence because we're looking at the same old world order being dressed up for the modern age. So I think this is part of what we're seeing here because the, your iPhone is the new Bible. Once they finish censoring that little black monolith, that black mirror, once they finish getting rid of the non-canonical, the apocryphal, the conspiracy theory, the hate speech. Once they purify it, it's the new Bible. Mainstream media is your de facto state church. And Pope Elon is part of this operation, this major psyop to introduce this new worldview as we move into the age of Mars, the age of Horus, the new age, whatever you want to call it. But Pope Elon by one eye Jack in the Shells. I'm going to play this now. I'll put the link in the chat. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I have to go, but tomorrow morning, IPS morning deprogram, generally starting about 9 a.m. Mountain Time. I mean, we're all going to die someday. And if you're going to pick some place to die, then why not Mars? Okay. You know, if, if we're born on Earth, why not die on Mars? Seems like maybe the be quite exciting. But uh, so I, I, I think given the choice of dying on Earth or dying on Mars, I'd say, yeah, sure, I'll die on Mars.
Oh, oh, oh.